Am I going to tell them? No, I'm not going to tell them. I don't see the point of that. As a doctor, you would not tell a patient if they had cancer. Good day to you. Thank you for selecting this podcast to listen to. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Stuart and apparently I am the host of Strength for Tomorrow Radio. This is episode 67, I think. Who can really be sure about these things, eh? Anyway, it's been a while. It's been so long that I can't even remember what the last episode was about to remind you to go and listen to it. But anyway, you should probably still go and listen to it because I'm told it's pretty good. I can't remember what it was about though. But let me know. Let me know when you find out. Anyway, it's nearly the end of 2022. Another year goes in. And this isn't an end of year type program yet where we get all sentimental. But there was an interesting little feature that popped up on Spotify this week that you might have seen. But basically it gives you all the stats for the year for your listening on Spotify. And what um, was interesting for me was the stats that it gave me for this podcast via people who have listened through um, Spotify. But... I just wanted to take a moment just to thank you if you're listening to this, whether it's on Spotify or Apple or wherever. Really thank you for listening, following, for sharing. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And um, I'm under no illusions. There are, there are millions, if not billions, of people who are more intelligent, more knowledgeable, more polished at speaking and communicating than I am. But I believe that the content of the information that I'm sharing is so important and really valuable and it needs to be put out there. Well, most of the time, most of the content. Some of it's complete garbage, right? Some of it's a waste of time, your time, my time, um, Spotify's time, Spotify's data, but it's just a bit of fun, right? So that's all a bit of crack. But anyway, without further ado, as they say, let's get stuck into the show. So this one is all about why you, yes, you, why you always quit. I'm going to give you a few reasons as to why I think some people end up stopping training or stopping thinking about their nutrition for prolonged periods of time. So let's get into it. So the first reason that I thought of whenever I considered this question, why do people quit training, quit the gym, quit nutrition, thinking about nutrition? The one thing that keeps popping up and over the last six years I've seen it and I've seen it in previous previous lives as well. I've seen it whenever I used to train up in Korean, when I used to go to uni gyms, when I, I trained with other people, I had friends, just chatting with friends, but it's having no community. So what does that mean? Basically I've worked with enough people now to realise that most people can't and maybe shouldn't train on their own. And it's not for safety, like logical um, safety reasons. It's more so to do with um, motivation with um, commitment and with just helping each other along there's loads of reasons though but this is one of the big reasons why so many of our members I think stick around for extended periods of time they find people basically who are similar to them similar goals similar interests they make friends they meet up outside of the gym they go hiking they go sailing some of them um, they go to the pub they go for dinner they go for walks they go for family meals together their families and whoever else's families they go for nights out, they play music together, or whatever else they're really they're into. They help each other move house, they help each other build sheds. Um, and I don't organise these things, I don't force people or orchestrate them. 
Um, I don't coerce people into doing these things. They just happen organically, which is really, really cool to sit back and watch. And it's probably one of the things I'm most proud of and most satisfied with from the gym here is how many friendships you can kind of see developing organically and really good friendships too. But they stick around and they train at the gym, number one, hopefully because they like the training and it's really good and they happen to like myself and Jack who are providing the training and they can tolerate us at least, even if they don't like us. Number two, also because they get to see people they can call friends. There's a positive, fun, friendly atmosphere. There's no judgment. We're free to make mistakes. There's no pressure. We're not trying to impress anybody else in the room, but ourselves. We're trying to better ourselves each and every time. And that takes a lot of pressure off. And some people have even brought lots and lots of their friends along to fill up classes and to fill up sessions. And that's another great way for them to be able to meet they make time to meet up with their friends and to catch up and it strengthens their friendships as well as they can build new ones as well. We also do team workouts, we do partner workouts and there's something really special and really cool about working to help someone other than yourself. You don't want to let someone else down. You've got a common goal and you're mutually agreed upon um, to work towards accomplishing that. It, it brings intensity certainly, it brings commitment, brings extra determination as well. Why am I telling you this? I'm not trying to give you away business secrets or anything. So if you're listening to this, there's no real secret apart from like, just try and follow up with people and stuff. But I'm sharing this because I think it might be able to benefit you in some way. If you're listening to this and wondering, why do I always quit? Why do I always quit? I don't know. But I think you can benefit from it. I think you might need to be able to apply this realization to your own situation, wherever you're listening to this in the world. Um, if you've tried and tried and tried to train on your own, but every time you get a few weeks in, then maybe you give up, then it might be worth looking into and evaluating whether or not you're cut out to train on your own. It doesn't suit everybody. Even the strongest, some of like the strongest, most determined people I know can't train on their own. They need a body, a gym body, or they need a, a class to go to. But maybe you'd be better off finding a relevant class or committing to training with a friend. Maybe find a gym that facilitates community to grow and to, to flourish. I've been to gym classes before and I find it absolutely staggering how little anyone in the room seemed to care about whether or not you were there or not. And it wasn't that I was like, oh, look, I'm here. Why are people not welcoming me? Like, it wasn't like I was trying to make myself, like, I'm not, I'm not, a, like, I'm not a big deal and I wasn't trying to make anyone think it was a big deal. I was just another member at that stage. I went along with my then girlfriend, now wife. And I'm not going to name the gym or tell you anything about it, but um, it was just a bit weird. No one seemed to know each other. Everyone was almost afraid to speak to each other. It wasn't like a culture of, hey, how are you doing? Oh, have you come here long? Like, you know, where do you live around here? Um, have you been to this class before? There was no kind of small talk. There's no kind of ice-breaking ways to get to know each other. No one seemed to know each other's names. It was just all a little bit weird, I found. And I asked someone afterwards if, if it's always like this or were there some regular people missing, but that's how it always was apparently. So it's no wonder to me that people went missing from these sorts of classes and there's different people dropping in, dropping out. If there was no kind of follow-up, um, I know they would just give up and think of the gym as being unfriendly or unwelcoming. And it's easy to get that vibe if there's a bunch of people in a room and no one's talking to each other and no one's saying hello. It's kind of weird, right? It's kind of bizarre. It's like I know, a holding cell in jail. Um, what made it even worse was the fact that the coach didn't seem to know anybody either. He didn't seem to know anybody's name, um, maybe one or two at the very, very most, but he didn't really go out of his way to try and encourage chat. And I know it's a difficult skill and it's, it's, it 
it's a little bit awkward maybe, but you got to put yourself out there. If you're the run the show, you've got to try and try and do that. And I remember learning that I did not want, if I ever had a gym, I did not want this. I did not want that. Hadn't figured out what I wanted or what sort of atmosphere or culture I wanted, but I knew I did not want that. If someone had gone missing, you know, goes goes missing here for a week or two, I try to check in with them. I try and miss them, see how they are, if they're sick, if they're traveling, didn't say, or if they're just being lazy. Either way, I miss seeing them and I certainly want to help them to get back into the swing of things as seamlessly as possible. But if you're always quitting, my question right now at this moment in time, are you part of a gym community or just a member? Do you just have a gym membership? Or will there be people there who will be wondering where you're at? I haven't seen so-and-so for a while. You know, because we get that all the time. People are asking me, gym members are asking me, oh, where's so-and-so? I haven't seen them for a while. And I'm like, oh, that's a good question. Actually, I must drop them a wee message. And I'll try and do that. But there's only so much you can do. Obviously, bigger facilities, bigger memberships. It's harder to do that. But I think it's worth following up. And these sort of things help can kind of manage themselves. So members can follow up with other members. But if you are a, a gym member and nobody really seems to care if you're there or not, um, it's easy to quit. Okay, so I would suggest that you find a gym buddy or you go to a community-based gym, a gym that people are going to know your name, they're going to care about you, are going to want to help you move house if you're moving house, they're going to want um, your family to meet their family, etc, etc. And you're not going to click with everybody, you're not going to be everybody's best friend, but it goes a long way whenever you're trying to hit a common goal and achieve common things, whether it be weight loss, muscle building, building your bones, or just for your mental health. If you've got people there who kind of care about you to some extent. The second big reason that I see and I've met people over the years who will quit after training for a while, they'll be all in for a few weeks and they'll be all out and you'll never see them. How's the, how's the gym going? Oh, I'll quit. Oh, how many weeks? How many months? Oh, I need to get back into it. The reason that that happens, the second big reason, aside from community, is that you, you aren't seeing the results you wanted. You don't see the results that you had envisaged. So lots and lots of people quit the, the gym for this reason. It's so common. And there are lots of reasons why you haven't seen the results you wanted or you thought you, were, you, you would have gotten by now. One massive reason, I think, is perhaps the unrealistic expectations that many people have when it comes to progress. They think that maybe everybody's going to be in shape or should be in shape after 12 weeks, like the marketing and some transformation programs would have you believe. For most people, this is not the case. And I've, I've, told, I've talked before about why this is not the case. But it's especially true if you've never trained before. So if you're getting off the couch and going to the gym and thinking you're going to be, um, like a look like a professional athlete in twelve weeks, it's, it ain't going to happen. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it ain't going to happen. You can take all the supplements, you can take all the legal or illegal supplements that there are available in the world, and it's still not going to happen if you are massively overweight. You just get off the couch. I mean, twelve weeks. You can take twelve weeks to learn technique for some things. Um, some people get it quicker than others, but if you're like a natural born athlete and you're genetically gifted, you're going to get it a lot sooner. But 12 weeks is a start. That's when you start to notice little changes, but you're not going to be in unbelievable shape, um, whether it's huge bulging muscles if you're a guy or lots of definition if you're a lady. You might notice some changes. You might start noticing if, you're, if you've got a bit of a gut, you're going to notice that starting to trim up. You're going to notice that your, your trousers getting a little bit um, looser Maybe you need, starting to need new clothes or think about needing new clothes, but maybe you have unrealistic expectations of what you should be able to achieve in a month, in two weeks, in three months, whatever it is. But a lot of people give up within that time before they've actually given themselves a chance to see changes happening.
if you haven't trained for three, four, five years, or maybe you've never trained, do you really think, if you've neglected yourself for that long, that you're going to be where you need to be in 12 weeks? Surely it would make, make sense if it took closer to a year, if it took 18 months, if it took two years, if you've neglected yourself for that equal amount of time. Now, it's different if you are someone who has been in shape, if you've been really strong, if you've been able to lift heavy weights and you train for 10 plus years, and then suddenly you let yourself go, life got busy, you had kids, you got married, you moved away, your job took over, and you let yourself maybe go a little bit, you didn't, didn't go to the gym, you didn't care what you are eating, and you start getting back into it. You would be surprised how quickly you could progress in 12 weeks if, you're, if you prioritise your training, if you prioritise your sleep and your nutrition, but most people won't get crazy, crazy results in 12 weeks, especially if they're um, not doing something crazy like juicing or taking something that they maybe shouldn't be taking legally. But it's, it's one of those things where you need to manage your expectations. You also need to think about what program you're doing. Are you just going to the gym and kind of farting about? Going on this machine, going on that machine, not really having a plan or a program. Or, I mean, you might have a, an idea on, in your head that you want to look like this guy, this action hero, this actor, this whoever, influencer. But if you don't have a plan in the gym, you don't, you don't even know if you're lifting more weight than last week or if it's the same or it's less. If you don't know and you're not tracking anything, be it nutrition, be it your workouts, what makes you think you're going to be able to get the results that you're after? So to me, it's not surprising. Most people go to the gym without a plan. Most people don't have a program or the program hop or they're not really bothered about making progress like as in trying to progressively overload and lift slightly heavier weights than last time. Most people's plans are absolute junk as well. There's people doing all sorts of things in one leg instead of trying to get strong first and then working on other things. But that aside, bit of a pet peeve of mine, but that aside... A lot of programs are a waste of time, but there's probably still better than no program most of the time. But if most people aren't going to the gym with a program, it's not surprising that most people quit the gym very quickly because they're not getting the results they're after because they're not following a sensible program. They're not following maybe any program at all. So something else to think about, something else for you to um, consider for yourself is your pro. Do you have a program, first of all? Are you tracking your food? Are you prioritizing your sleep? Are you making all those things a priority in your life to see the results that you're after? Because if you're not, you shouldn't be surprised that the gym isn't um, giving you the results that you are after. But also, it's not just about the workouts. We're always talking about here, there's a holistic approach. It, ha it has to be all sorts of priorities. You have to prioritize your sleep, prioritize your nutrition, prioritize your, prioritize your drink, what, what sort of water stuff you're taking in. And then obviously the workout is important as well, what type of training you're doing. But there's lots of reasons why you maybe aren't making progress. Maybe your gym program is perfect. Maybe your gym is unbelievable, it's world class. There's lots of people who have world class gyms, pay expensive memberships, and they're still not in shape. So it ain't the gym's fault, okay? It's not the gym's fault. But maybe you're just misinformed. Maybe you just don't know what you're doing. In which case, I would suggest you get a trainer. Get someone who knows what they're doing. Hire somebody, be it in person or be it online, who's going to give you a plan, who's going to talk you through it, coach you through it, let you know what's happening at each stage, let you know what the, the game plan is, what we want to do, what we want to prioritise with regards to training and what you're going to move on to and progress to and work with each other. 
but if you're not getting the results you wanted, it's no surprise then, surprise then that you're going to quit the gym. And the third reason that you always quit is you just you just don't like your gym. Maybe it's like the gym that we described above. Maybe there's no soul to it. Maybe there's no community. There's no fun. It's just a dark, lifeless place that no one cares about you. Maybe you just hate your gym. Maybe you walk in and it's an awful atmosphere. No one knows you. Or worse, no one even wants to know you. Everything about the place just tells you that no one cares whether you go there or not. Maybe it's always crammed full whenever you're you're trying to get into a barbell or a rack and there's not enough equipment for you to get a decent workout in. That can all be very off-putting and I could fully understand why you quit. But don't let that stop you training altogether. Find a gym that has those things, has those facilities and has a community and you can uh, make some progress. But it can make you feel like it's a total waste of time, right? What was the point in going there, standing around for 35 minutes in an hour waiting for equipment? How useless, pointless. But that can be a massive reason why people stop the gym. They just get put off by it. And instead of quitting and joining the new gym, a better gym, a gym that's going to actually uh, provide for them a service that is adequate, that is, uh, that is fit for purpose, they just stop going all together, which is a real shame. And then next thing, the gym membership renews automatically and they're signed up for another year and they don't want to st stop it because they want to get the value of it for the year. And it's just a, it's a vicious circle sometimes. But... Don't stop training just because your gym sucks. That would be my advice. And if you're in the Warren Point, Newry, Strever area and you need a gym, we've got open gym here. You can book in, you can get all the equipment you need to get stronger, to get fitter, to get faster, and to look better, to build more confidence, and lots and lots of obscure toys to play with as well um, in the gym. So is that the reason that you, you quit? Do you quit because your gym sucks? Another massive reason that you always quit, not just you, other people quit as well, but um, you're not alone. But this is probably the most common complaint I'm going to say, but you think that you have no time. Your perception of how much time you have um, is um, that you don't have enough. You don't have enough to fit training in. So maybe you've got a career, you've got a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a wife or a husband, you've got maybe kids to look after, maybe you've got friends you always want to meet up and go out, out for a drink or something. Life's demands, they just don't stop, do they? And they get more and more busy as we get on in life. And this can help, this can sometimes crowd out your gym time. This can make you stop training. It can help, help, help you um, along the way to losing motivation. But what I suggest is to try and schedule your workout time and make it non-negotiable. Start scheduling your workout into your day, into your calendar, like you would your doctor's appointment or dentist appointment. And once it's written, once it's in, in there, it's a commitment. It's something you will have to schedule other things around. Make it a priority. But there are 168 hours in the week. Okay? You could make incredible progress, and most people can make incredible progress by doing about three workouts a week. That's three hours of your day. Make it into 45 minutes, right? Say you spend 50 minutes getting there, 50 minutes getting back. Even an hour and a half, right? An hour and a half per workout, right? Getting there, getting back again. If you do that three days a week, how many hours is that you're taking out of your 168? It's not that much, is it? And you think about it, three hours of working out a week out of 168. Three out of 168. I'm going to say it again. Three out of 168. And you're telling me we don't have time to work out. I don't believe you. I'm not saying you're a liar. 
I just think your perception maybe is wrong. And sometimes mine is as well. But another thing you do is maximize your workout time to make sure you're getting the most out of your gym. So make sure you've got a smart training program. You're not just dandering about the gym, not knowing what to do next, but you know what you're going to do next. You're going to be doing, you're working sets and you're warming up for something else. You're making use of the gym time. You're not just standing about texting or waiting for the day to pass, but you know what you're going to do. You've got a plan, you're going to execute it, and you're going to get out of there. Okay, you're not going to hang about. You're not going to just loiter about wasting your day because you will feel like you're not getting anything out of the session then if you do that. Some people do supersets. I'm not a big fan of supersets, and especially initially. Most people can uh, can do can make more progress without supersets, but certainly if you're a bit more advanced, they're not a bad idea. Um, you can nearly do it with a, like an, like an opposite muscle. So you do maybe squats, then you can start doing some press warm-ups. So by the time you finish your squats, you'll be ready to hit your working sets of presses, something like that. Um, maybe shorter gym sessions. Maybe do instead of doing three lifts um, per session, three times a week, maybe I've got 30 minutes every day. So you could do one lift per day. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can make it work around you. Make it work around your schedule. And you might actually end up training a little bit extra. More hours in the week than rather than less. But pick a gym that's close to you. Don't pick a gym that's an hour away or 40 minutes away. Pick one that's pretty close to you so you can you don't have to waste time in the commute getting to and from it. Um, as I said, if you live in the, the Moore area, we've got an open gym here and we would, um, we're accepting memberships. We're still not at capacity yet. But we're heading there, but um, we're not at capacity just yet. It's been building up nicely. But basically you can come in, book a slot, come in anytime outside of PT or class hours and uh, train yourself. There's lots of guys coming in and training themselves in their lunch hours, the minute after hours. It's great to see the gym being used um, more than just for, for PT, which is brilliant. But how is your perception of time? Sometimes you just have to say no to some things to say yes to better things. And the fifth reason you always quit is maybe you pick up an injury. So this is quite a common thing. Maybe you have just picked up a little niggle, a little bit of a knock, and it's just put you off and you've stopped going to the gym. And you've used this as a crutch or as an excuse to just stop going altogether. Now, obviously injuries, nobody wants injuries. They kind of suck. But... Um, you can become really a bit depressed, a bit down, and then just avoid going to the gym altogether. But there's other things you can do. Maybe shift the focus of your workout. So say you have twins your knee, focus on upper body for a while until it heals. Um, maybe figure out what happened and why it happened, and then fix it. Make sure it doesn't happen again. and Get better. Use it as a learning curve. Don't just think, oh, that's my knee booked. I can't squat anymore. Think, Figure out what way can I squat. Maybe I can't squat as deep for a while. Maybe I need to um, improve my stance. Maybe I need to um, work on my ankle range of motion. Maybe I need to improve my hip mobility. Figure out what it is, fix it, and then you'll be a better human for it. You'll be a better functioning human for it. But you could do other things as well. There's also things, so say you twinge your shoulder. My job as a PT is to figure out how, how you can still keep training um, without annoying or aggravating your shoulder. We're not going to hurt your shoulder so maybe getting a trainer getting a coach getting somebody who um has been, has experience in working around injuries and niggles and we're talking niggles we're not talking like you broke your leg if you broke your leg maybe you do need to take a wee break for a while but having said that there there's a case for getting back and putting a little bit of load through your leg sooner rather than later as well but that's another topic for another time but all I'm saying is don't let an injury or a niggle or getting sore put you off. Some people go into the gym, 
wrap themselves, they do too much weight, they do too many reps, they hurt their muscles, they get DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness, and then they don't go back to the gym for a week. And then what happens? They do it all over again, and they get sore, they get sick of being sore, and they just quit. Other people will go back and they'll start feeling their back playing up. Instead of working on the mobility, and trying to really figure out their own body and what's what's going on. They're getting older, that's what's going on. Things are getting stiff and tight and short and sore. Um, you need to figure that out and improve upon it. But don't let an injury, don't let things like that put you off going to the gym for good. Maybe you do need to sit out for a few days, a few weeks, and then get back into it. But don't sit out a day longer than you have to. Figure out what else you can do and get going. It is time for our news roundup and uh, our first story comes from express.co.uk and it's Sylvester Stallone on his life-changing workout that helps keep him fit and healthy. Sylvester Stallone at six, 76 is still working. How does he keep fit? Uh, Movistar has two upcoming pro projects. That's okay, I don't want to promote them. It's basically it's the Expendables again, Little America. And... Uh, he said how his workout has changed over the years. On an Instagram post he wrote, I used to work out a lot with weight. Your joints start to hurt. Your back, knees. It just happens. Sometimes getting into that kind of shit can kill you. So I find a new way to work out. For me, at my age, I find the newest, hardest, toughest, most productive way is bands. Stallone is referencing resistance bands, which is utilised for strength training. He added training with bands, stretching bands. You can get an entire workout done in 20 minutes. That is life-changing. All right, so Sylvester, <laughs> calm down, mate. Um, aerobic, physical, it's different. You don't get bored, which is very important. The NHS says strength training will help you increase muscle strength, maintain bone density, improve balance, and reduce joint pain. That's all correct. Strength training involves using your body weight or working against a resistance, according to the Express. Um, you should try to do two sessions or more of muscle strengthening exercises a week, the NHS recommends. I recommend at least two, but yeah, pretty good NHS. Top marks. Examples of muscle strengthening activities include lifting weights, working with resistance bands, heavy gardening such as digging and shoveling, climbing stairs, hill walking, cycling, dance, <laughs> push-ups, sit-ups and squats, and yoga. In older age, people are more vulnerable to falls, which can be harmful. By implementing leg strength and exercises, balance and coordination can improve. As such, the possibility of damaging falls can be minimised. Examples of leg strength and exercises include Tai Chi, yoga, dance, walking upstairs, hiking, lifting weights. Um, from, for an activity to be muscle strengthened, it needs to work your muscles to the point where you may need a short rest before continuing. The NHS clarifies muscle, muscle strength and activities help maintain the ability to perform everyday tasks and slow down the rate of bone and muscle loss associated with ageing. So that's just low and it's starting Rocky 2. Uh, I don't know why they're advertising that, but anyway. So interesting, um, so that's just reckons that with doing weights, um, it starts to make your joints start to hurt your back, your knees. It says it, it just happens. No, it, it doesn't just happen, Mr. Stallone. Um, life happens. We can get injuries, we can get niggles, we can get little tweaks and twinges, regardless whether we use plates barbells, dumbbells, whatever. We just it's just part of life, right? But I would I wonder would his use of steroids and anabolic steroids and dear knows what else over the years to get him self in shape for movie roles. I wonder does that any anything to do with his his joints hurting? Hmm? His knees, his back. Um he says that sometimes getting into that kind of sh can kill you. 
Well, I would suggest getting into steroids can also lead to detrimental outcomes. But it does funny enough he doesn't seem to mention that. I wonder has he got like a has he got like some sort of share, some sort of a, a business interest in bands now, and that's what his angle is. Because it seems like a very strange post to put up. But um a couple of things. So I said examples of muscle strength and activities include lifting weights, correct, working with resistance bands. The problem with resistance bands is they aren't trainable. And what I mean by that, you get about six colours of resistance band, and after that, you run out of resistance because you can't keep progressing every week. You can't keep progressing every session and, and doing more work with it. And what I mean by more work is pushing more for with more force. You get to the point where you reach that potential. And more force does not mean more reps. More force means more force. So heavy gardening is just digging and shoveling. So unless you're using a heavier shovel every time, unless you're digging heavier material every time, you're going to get to the point very quickly where you're not getting stronger. You can build muscle endurance. I keep saying that muscle endurance and um, stamina, but you're not going to get build strength. You're not going to build muscle. You're not going to uh, improve bone density to any great extent. And I really wish people would stop confusing all of these things as being strength training or strengthening exercises. Climbing stairs is not going to get you stronger unless you start loading yourself up with extra weight. So every week you put on an extra kilo, a couple of kilos and try and climb the stairs. That might work for a while and then it gets to the point where you won't be able to load yourself up with enough weight. Hill walking, same thing. Good for endurance, good for stamina, not good for strength. Same thing with cycling, same thing with dance. Push-ups, same thing, unless you're loading yourself up heavier and you're making yourself get heavier. It's not strengthening. Sit-ups are not a strengthening exercise either. They're actually probably really detrimental for most people. If you've got back pain or any sort of history of back pain, sit-ups are probably the last core exercise you do, should be doing. They're certainly not a strengthening exercise. They're doing a squats. Fair enough, that's good. Um, yoga, again, it's not a strengthening exercise. After about two weeks, you'll be as strong as you will be able to to be because you'll have caught up with your own body but maybe more maybe two months give you two months but yeah interesting article but again a few question marks for Sylvester Stallone um how he's come to the conclusion that weights are um can make you sore I would suggest the anabolic steroids and uh, not your joints not being prepared your joints your tendons your ligaments not being prepared for the load because you've loaded up on roids I'd say that is more to do with why you're sore but let me know what you think Our second news story is from technologynetwork.com and this is from the 8th of November, a little bit behind, but um, interesting story nonetheless. Basically it says, high, diet high in saturated fats can reprogram the immune system. So a new study by Portland State University Research is the first to show that eating a diet exclusively high in saturated fats can reprogram the mouse immune system. I'm pretty sure I've got a human immune system, but okay making it better able to fight off infection, but more susceptible to systemic inflammatory conditions, including sepsis. Brooke Napier, Assistant Professor of Biology at Portland State University, led the study which was published in eLife. The ketogenic or keto diet is a popular high fat diet used for weight loss or to control epileptic seizures. This study shows that when mice eat a ketogenic diet that is high in saturated fats, it can have a significant impact on their immune system. Previous study by Napier and colleagues found that mice fed a high Fat, high sugar Western diet were most susceptible to sepsis and had a higher mortality rate than mice fed a standard diet. In the current study, the researchers found similar effects in mice fed a high fat ketogenic diet, suggesting that dietary fat may play a role in sepsis. The researchers fo focused on one particular fat found in the blood of mice fed a ketogenic diet. 
palmitic acid, which is commonly found in animal fats and dairy products. Remarkably, mice fed a normal diet who were injected with palmitic palmitic acid also became more susceptible to sepsis. It's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? Susceptible to sepsis. It was just exposure to this one saturated fat that made them more susceptible to sepsis mortality, said Napier. The idea that you could have a specific fat in your diet that would cause such a drastic outcome in disease is kind of incredible. So it's interesting. Um, first of all, my question is, they, they're, they're doing it on mice. So how, how humans and how mice process foods is different. We have different diets. And uh, my question is, what, what is it really that relevant to humans? Surely it would be better to um, test these things in people who are willing to do ketogenic diets. There's many people who are, are more than happy to try ketogenic diets or any other variety of diets you might um, have out there. And they'll send their life away. They'll say, yep, test me. Take all my markers, all my bloods and all of that stuff and see where I'm at. And follow me if you want to. But interesting little study. Again, I'm not going to read too much into it. It's, it's mice. It's not humans. But... Interesting, nonetheless, that there's a, a double-edged sword. It's good for um, it's good for one thing for reprogramming the immune system, fighting off infection, but makes you more susceptible to inflammatory conditions like sepsis. Interesting, but I'm not going to read too much into it. Would you? Another interesting story that popped up um, that I noticed uh, about a month ago on the seventh of November. This is, and this is in Men's Health, and believe me. I don't read men's health, but Google suggested that I see this story, as it often does, and it did tickle my attention, and uh, the title of it is Premier League Strikers Reveal Why They Don't Lift Weights. Callum Wilson and Mikhail Antonio explain why you won't catch them in the weight room. The Premier League is a watch with six-pack abs and, and undulating biceps. Don't know what that means, but okay. To build all that muscle, the players must spend a lot of time pumping iron, right? Wrong. According to Newcastle and West Ham strikers Callum Wilson and Michael Antonio. Um, the problem is, uh, there's a lot of guys here in the Premier League and they've got massive, massive legs because, uh, well, they, do all, they run a lot of the time, so they're pumped full of, uh, of lactate and uh, obviously they've got a lot of muscle there too. But there's this idea that people who, guys who have six packs or defined biceps, do lots and lots of weights, and it's it's wrong. You could you could be skinny. You could be skinny and have and show have six pack abs showing. You could have um, you could have biceps showing and not have massive biceps. You could just have normal biceps. Um, but they were speaking on their podcast, the football football podcast. <laughs> Unique name there. Lots of imagination. It's almost as good as strength for tomorrow radio. Um, the pair revealed how they don't lift weights, and according to Wilson, the guns are just natural. For a footballer, you don't want to carry around that extra muscle. So I'm like, do I need to do bench press? No, not really. Well, you're not going to get massive biceps if you're doing bench press. That's that's also true. No, not really, Wilson explains in the podcast. What difference is it going to make? You have natural strength anyway, I feel, so I stay away from weights in the gym, believe it or not. You might have natural strength, um, Mr. Wilson, but bench press... Is going to help you hold off opponents. Bench press is going to give you the ability to push opponents away with your elbows, with your arms, with ease. It's going to give you more balance. It's going to have your upper body much stronger and you're going to be able to roll people. But what do I know? <laughs> um, 
Antonio Dom explained how his decision to avoid the weight room is, is also due to his age, with the West Ham man for to stick to bodyweight exercises in order to maintain his fearsome pace. If I even look at weights, I put on weights straight away and I bulk up instantly. I don't think that's true. You, you would bulk up because you're eating more calories than you're, than you're burning, but weights, you might be programmed that way to put on weight and put on muscle pretty easily. If you are, you're blessed, but um, lots of people aren't, but it still takes calories to put on that weight. If I'm going to do anything, it'll be core or body weight stuff, so I don't put anything on. You can still put on weight doing those things if your calories are up. Um, and it will happen easier as you age. If I go to the gym and I put on weight, I'm going to get slower and stuff like that. Now what weight are we talking about? Are you talking about muscle? Because you're going to have to put on a lot of weight to get, get slower. And you're going to have to be doing a pretty dumb training program in order for that to happen as well. And as I'm getting older, I don't really want to lose my pace. You're going to lose your pace anyway. Don't worry about it. You will. It will happen. When we spoke to Antonio last year, he also demonstrated his, pro his proclivity for bodyweight exercises. The 32-year-old showed us a, a favoured full-body workout, workout of his, which consisted of commando planks, side planks, single-leg RDLs, jumps, split squats, and clapping press-ups. All of those things are going to make you more sore than if you were to get a barbell and do three sets of five across for squats, deadlifts, presses. But anyway, he'll learn. He'll learn. So while the body you see bullying defenders weekly is all genetics, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it too. So that's why Callum Wilson and Mikel Antonio don't do weights. Now, it's interesting that even in this day and age, in 2022, we know, we know that getting stronger is only going to be beneficial unless you take it to the absolute extreme and you train as if you're a powerlifter and you're, I mean, you're, you get your squat up over 200 kilos, 250 kilos, 300 kilos. There's lots of really strong guys who are able to squat 200 kilos plus and I can promise you it does not affect their pace, it does not affect their strength and doing all those things like body weight workouts it's not that they're a waste of time but for those guys they would be better much much better spending their time doing some heavy squats doing some heavy deadlifts doing some heavy presses because they are going to be able to exert more force with every stride when it comes to their legs when it comes to running they're going to be able to hold off opponents better they're going to be able to roll opponents they're going to be able to jump better there are so many reasons why they, sh they would be better. And also they wouldn't need to spend as much time and they wouldn't be as sore or achy from doing all those types of things. And they're going to work their core. He says we're doing core. Heavy, heavy barbell work is core work. But each to their own. Um, I don't think they're going to listen to me anyway. But I thought I'd get up my hobby horse about that one. Okay, it's joke of the week time. You've probably missed this more than anything over the last couple of weeks if you have uh, missed the show. But I thought, since it's been a few weeks, why not just have one joke? Why not just have two jokes? Why not have three jokes? So, here we go. I just found out that my electric toothbrush wasn't waterproof. I know, I was shocked. Okay, okay, stay with me, stay with me, it gets better. So my wife is pregnant at the minute and the doctor asked me if I'd ever been present at a childbirth before and I said yes once and he said how was it and I said well it was very very dark and then all of a sudden really bright. 
We'll get something that gets better. This is the best one. This is the best one. Do you remember back in the days whenever cosmetic surgery was a taboo subject? Now you can talk about Botox and nobody raises an eyebrow. Okay, that's it. End of another show. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, hopefully this will stop you quitting or at least get you back into exercising again. But there are legitimate reasons sometimes, but uh, don't let it keep you out too long. Hope you have a great weekend. Um, don't forget, we've still got lots of classes. We've got availability. If you come to the classes and you're signed up for membership, keep coming all through December. We don't want to see you dropping off just because it's Christmas and the big fat man in the suit's coming. Don't let him be a bad influence on you. Um, we love to see you in the gym, we love to see full classes, we love to see your faces and especially around Christmas time, it's such a cool time of year and we're going to be doing some fun stuff in the classes on the run up to Christmas as well. So have a great week weekend, whatever you're up to and don't forget to train today so you can be stronger tomorrow.